America. And we're celebrating 20 years of being on the radio. We've got Dr. Jessica Levy, holistic vet. She's been here probably at least 15, don't you think? I, don't, I was trying to think about how long Oh, I can't been. remember. Was it 2008 or something like that? Yeah, I can't remember. Somewhere. So I, I can bear, you know, um, it came across Facebook, which is perfect. He said, my head is like an etch a sketch. You know, I shake my head and everything just leaves and now i got to start all over again. <laughs> Where does that make your head like a snow globe? Yeah, or? there you go. <laughs> what soft drink was the first product ever, or, or, or yeah, was the first pro- product ever to appear on the cover of Time Magazine? Was it uh, Dr. Pepper, uh, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up? What do you think there, Josh? Uh, I think it was 7-Up. Okay, what do you think? Coca-Cola. Yep, it's Coca-Cola, May 15th. That was my dad's birthday. 1950, Coca-Cola became the first product ever to appear on the cover of Time magazine. This issue also featured in-depth an article about Coca-Cola Company. There you go. Now you know. Okay. We're going to be talking about pancreatitis, but let's get through a couple of calls here before we talk about pancreatitis. Yeah. Okay, who's up? Yeah, we have Brenda on the line with a question regarding her husky uh, possibly having bronchitis, it sounds like. All righty then. Hi, Brenda. How you doing? I'm good. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. We can hear you now. How old's your dog? Um, She is going to be nine years old in October. Okay. She is a Siberian husky. Okay. And she has, she had a really bad cough. And we took her into the vet, and they diagnosed bronchitis. So she's been on uh, medication, which the cough has gone away, but all of a sudden now she is urinating all the time. Okay. It's weird. And she's very thirsty. Okay, what food are you feeding? Uh, right, she's not on Nutrisource, sorry. No, that's okay. Um, <laughs> She is on uh, a Purina product right now. Okay. Have you rotated the formulas? I do rotate those formulas. I pick different ones. Sometimes okay. we throw on some fresh pet in there okay. and stuff. But what I'm worried about is that she is urinating so much all of, us, all of well, a sudden. And it's since we started her on, seems like since we started her on the medication. What's the medication? It, it, it's. Well, she had bronchitis. Yeah, uh-huh. what is it? What's, what's the medication? I don't have it in front of me right now. Uh-huh. Um, but it's like a steroid. I'm, I'm going to assume it's a steroid or something, and I wrap it in uh-huh. um, like a pill thing so she eats it. Uh-huh. Otherwise, it's really difficult to get her Okay, and so out. so what is the what is the plan with the medication? Um, she, it was like for two days. She had to have two every 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And then and then it went down to the next two weeks. It mm-hmm. was like one every twelve, and then now we're just on whatever's left. She just gets it every twelve hours. Okay. So, I mean, it's just and and when it, when are you checking back in with your vet? Um, probably a week from the when we're done. Okay, that is a common side effect of steroids. Yeah. And so okay. what you need to do is call your vet tomorrow and say we need to wean her off this drug faster. What should we do? Okay. And they they I mean, will walk you through it. She's basically on the downside of the medication. Yeah, she but it, but is, if the, if the side effects are um, intolerable, then you need to get the dog off the drug faster. But okay. because your vet knows what the drug is and they know what the dosage is and they know you know, like how much your dog weighs and what they're trying to do with the medication, 
they should be able to walk you through a faster withdrawal program. Okay. And they, yeah, and they, I mean, who knows, like they might tell you, you know what, it's safe to go ahead and stop it at this point. So they might tell you that, yeah. but I would say consult with your vet tomorrow morning and they'll, and they'll walk you through it. And, okay, th- and, yeah. that, and that is just a common thing. You know, you can have side effects from a drug day one, day 10, day a hundred, 10 years in, like we don't understand why bodies are all different. And some people react different, differently to different drugs, but that is a very common side effect of steroids. Okay. And she and the, her coughing has stopped, which is awesome. Good. But, but now we're just saying, like, we can't give her water without it just coming, like, straight out of her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a side effect of the drug. So you need to talk to your vet first thing in the morning and say, hey, my dog is no longer being a good house pet. <laughs> Tell me how to get out of this. Yeah. And they should be able to yeah, walk you through. With steroids, you, you have to do a withdrawal. You, you do not want to stop them abruptly, if at all possible, because you could potentially leave her adrenal glands in the lurch, which is not safe. Okay. So that's and why you need just, to talk to your vet. Mm-hmm. And right now we're just giving her one a day. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what you uh, just got to take up now. Yeah, right, right. And so, the- yeah, so just call your vet in the morning. Yeah. And like I said, they might very well say... Uh, you know, it's okay to, to go ahead and stop it. So, you know, you can call them in the morning before you even give her that morning dose and say, hey, this is what's been going on. Can we just stop the drug or do we need to figure out a different weaning program? And in the meantime, okay. don't let her on your oriental carpet. You know, you yeah, gonna... no, it's too late. Okay. <laughs> Get anti-icky poo then. That guy, anti-icky poo is the best stuff to clean that up with. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All okay. Right. Now Thank you hold you so on, much. Brenda. Hold on. Josh is going to give you one of the Nutrisource care packages because you'd be better to just feed Nutrisource than what you're feeding. All right. Thank you. Okay. You so hold on. Don't hang up. <laughs> I uh, won't. All right. Okay, Josh. Who's up next? Um. Uh, let's see here. We have up next. It looks like uh, Ray with a question regarding his cat throwing up. All right. Okay. Hi, Ray. How you doing? Hi, Ray. Hello. Hi there. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good. So, how old's your cat? Uh, he's five. Five I years. I have two. Yeah, I have two Bengals. Bengals. And they're brothers, littermates. Okay. And one of them uh, has this hacking, like he's trying to hack something up. Okay. It's real wet. Okay. And he's had it for a couple of years. I took him to the vet uh, three different times and they, uh, put him on steroids and antibiotics and it didn't cure it. And they x-rayed him and said they didn't see anything in his throat, that it was probably polyps. So, uh, I had been feeding him, uh, or both of them, uh, raw and, uh, canned food. Good. And, um, so uh, I, it was pork was what I was feeding because it, I was getting the pork loin and trimming the fat and just feeding the lean. Wow. And then giving the canned food at night. Okay. But he was still doing it. So I switched them a couple of weeks ago to uh, straight canned. And uh, he still does it, but not as much. And he started uh, throwing up hairballs, which he wasn't doing that before. 
<laughs> and I'm kind of wondering if you had any ideas. Doctor, yes. I, I would I would love to see a video of this cat yeah. doing his thing. Okay, so you're oh, going to have to... I have a video of him doing it. I know, but we can't play it over the radio. Oh, so, I know. I so know. you're, so yeah. you're going to have to you're gonna have to describe it for me. Tell me what he does. Sure. Uh, like well, phys- like he, physically with his body. Yeah, he gets his neck. He gets kind of crouched down on the floor. Mm-hmm. Or, if, you know, whatever he happens to be sitting on. And he gets his neck stretched out and just does a... It's kind oh, of do it. Do do do, do the cough, cough, Ray. Do the cough. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I can do it. It's just a, it's just a hack. You yeah. Know, where he, it's not a sneeze, and it's not what you oh, call yeah. a regular cough, but it's like he's got a lot of phlegm. And what and what comes out? Uh, normally, nothing was coming until I changed over to the canned food, and yeah. and. Uh, Sometimes, yeah, he coughs up hairballs. Yeah. Now, okay, so, uh, so welcome to asthma and the cat. Ah. So, um, the you know, I I had a cat when I was in vet school, and I I I had no idea cats could even get asthma, and she would kind no, of she would kind of plant her feet, crouch down, just like you're saying. So her feet are kind of like a little ways apart. She'd crouch down, stick her neck out, and she'd go. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And like and I'd be like, Oh my god, like I thought it was hairballs and nothing was coming up. Uh-huh. So then I went and did it to my vet. And he was like, Oh, that's asthma. Sure enough. Wow. So and so um asthma in cats okay, I guess I really don't know very much about humans, but it is similar. So it can be set off by pollen, dust, cold air, you know, anything that would set yeah, off a human. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much anything. I had a son that had asthma. Oh, there you go. Okay, hold on. Hold out that thought. we got to run to break, so don't go anywhere, Rig. We'll come on back, okay? All right. Okay. What year was the... Oh, no, wait a minute. What do the uh, A and W stand for in A and W Ripier? Does it stand for Anderson and West, Alabama, Wyoming, Allen and Wright, or Albert and Wanda? We'll be back. Alrighty then, they're back. Hey, 44 minutes, 45 minutes left. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, what do, and I always wanted to know this, and now I know this. And I hit the right answer, I'm impressed. What do the letters A and W and A and W Rip Beer stand for? Okay, Anderson and West, Alabama and Wyoming, Allen and Wright, or Albert and Wanda? What do you think, Josh? Uh, the, is it Albert and Wright? Albert, uh, Alan, Alan and White, Wright. I'll do that one. Alan and Wright and Albert or Albert and Wanda. Uh, Alan and Wright. Okay, what do you think, Doug? Oh, I am voting for Wanda. <laughs> Go Wanda. Well, no, I got this right off the bat. I was impressed with myself. It was Alan and Wright. The A, the A and W and the A and W review stand for Alan and Wright. The two founders of the company, Roy Allen, purchased a root beer formula from an Arizona pharmaceutical uh, pharmacist and sold his first mug of root beer in 1919. In 1922, he took a partner, Frank Wright, one of his original employees. Two years later, in 1924, Allen bought Wright's share of the business back. But he stuck with the name, and the rest is history. In 1933, he had more than seven, 170 
franchises of A&W outlets. And by 1950, he had more than 450 outlets nationwide. I love, I'm, I'm still on A&W. Uh, I, I think that's one of the best rippers. I really do. I've tried Brock's. I've tried 1919. Um, What's the other one is there? Uh, um, let's see. Let's see. Then there's a W. Uh, dads. If you can find dads. Dads is still pretty good. There's dads, barks, mug. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then, but if you want really good, 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 you got to go to Taylor's Falls, go Main Street North to the mug. Whereas a drive-in, you know, a drive-in, you, you pull in and they come out to your car. Okay, mm-hmm. and then they take your, you know, your order, and then they go in, and they bring it, and hook it on your under your window. Their root beer is phenomenal. The old fashioned hook it, it is, on the window. Yes. Oh, that they're they're oh they're they just, I get a taste for that, and the worst thing to do, you got to drink it in the frosty mug there because you know you buy a pint to bring home. By the time you get it home and you put it in, well, you already had it, so now you're going to wait a little bit. Well, then it gets. Um, uh, it, it just doesn't taste the same as drinking it out of that frosty mug. So, okay, let's go back to Ray. Hey, Ray, are you there? Yeah. Oh, there you are. Good job. Do you A and W root beer? Is that your favorite or not? I like the place in Taylor Falls. Great root beer. Oh, there, there you go. go. Yes, at Taylor oh, Falls. <laughs> okay, what we were talking about when I interrupted. So the asthmatic cat. Oh yes. Okay, keep going. Okay, so. Um, there are different ways to address this. It kind of depends on how frequently your cat has an asthma attack. Okay, so every time it coughs, is that an attack? Yeah, or an asthmatic so wheeze, essentially. Yeah, several times a day. Okay, so if it's several times a day, then I would come at this from a couple of different avenues. One is to kind of restore the cat's immune system, right, since this mm-hmm. is an immune reaction. So for that, I would probably use standard process feline immune system support, which okay. is a supplement comes as little tablets. Just feed the cat one tablet a day. There's 90 tablets in a bottle, and that should be hopefully enough to rebuild a significant part of the cat's immune system. Um, I would you know, go back to raw food. Now, if you find that there's one protein that makes your cat wheeze more then you could definitely avoid it there's plenty of other things that you can feed so you still want to have variety in the diet sure and if you need to eliminate one thing and it like you know i mean with commercial pork it might not be the meat itself it could be something that the pigs were fed or you know who knows what Uh, you know there's chemicals that we don't know about yeah sure surprise (laughs) right um and then a lot of times for these cats um I, I won't say every time, but a lot of times the homeopathic remedy that seems the most effective for them is sulfur. Okay. Sulfur is a super common homeopathic remedy. You can find it at any health food store, co-op, Whole Foods, Hy-Vee, Vitamin Shop, Mastel's, you name it. So How much? Well, I'm getting there. Oh. Homeopathic remedies, if you're not familiar with them, they are ultra-dilutions. They come in little plastic tubes about the size of a tube of lipstick. There are usually 80 pellets in a tube. And the ones that you can find in stores are typically the 30C potency. So C is Roman numeral 100. So that means that it is a 1 to 100 dilution of sulfur that has been done 30 times. And then the solution is poured over sugar pills. 
So homeopathic remedies always look like sugar, taste like sugar. They're white. So uh, what you would do is a uh, dose is always two pellets, whether it's for you or the cat. Um, so I would take two pellets, crush them between two spoons. Uh, you can try to use a mortar and pestle, but they are so round. They're like rock candy. And so they tend to, move. <laughs> they tend to ricochet if you do that. Okay. So just crush the pellets between two spoons and then put the powder into whatever. I, uh, a lot of times I'll use half and half with my cats. Um, if they don't like dairy, just kind of try sprinkling the powder onto their food. I just put the pellets in Walter's food, in your canned food, and he eats it. Okay. You could do yeah. that, too. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and so basically what I would say initially is, you know, with homeopathic remedies, you have to kind of, you give the remedy, and then you have to monitor your patient, and then you have to decide, how well is this going? Do I need to give another dose? Do I want to give the same dose? Do I need to give a different potency? What needs to happen now? So initially, give one dose, one time. So the homeopathic remedies are not expensive. This will set you back approximately $8. between 8 and $10, <laughs> yeah. depending on where you go. And then you're just going to give two pellets, one time, at the same time. How many days? One time. Oh, oh one time. Okay, I thought you went one time a day. No, okay. one, time. one time. And then you're going to wait and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you just kind of, you know, you can always there. contact me. Uh, you can always contact Dr. Sue Swanchin. She's a holistic cat vet who specializes in cats. So so basically, then you have to kind of figure out from there, does it completely eliminate the asthma? Does it just reduce the uh, incidence? Does it reduce the severity? Now, for the hairballs that have started to show up since, you know, since you kind of uh, changed the food, for hairballs, I would suggest coconut oil and butter. So basically, I just leave out, I'll leave out a big blob of coconut oil on a plate, and when that's gone, uh, you know, a couple days later, I'm like, oh, I guess there's nothing on the plate anymore, then I'll leave out a pat of butter and just kind of let the cats have at it. So those are beneficial because it adds necessary fat to their diets. So cats are built to eat, you know, wild-caught prey, right? They eat mice and birds. And in good times of year, like now, they're going to be eating fat little mice and birds and bunnies. And so they need fat in their diet. That is part of what supports brain function, um, helps with digestion, supports the immune system. Uh, And both coconut oil and butter are lubricants, right? So they also kind of help things slide through. So that's what I would do. Now Uh, you've got a plan. One one quick question. Yes. Uh, Canned food pretty expensive for two cats that weigh 12 pounds a piece if you give them the quantity that's suggested on the can. Sure. Uh, is a good dry food no. wet? No. No. Wet, is no. that acceptable or no. not? No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> but okay. now, okay, the thing is, is that how much per cat do you feed per day? Well, I'm going by what it says. Yeah, but no, no, no. That wasn't the question. How okay, much? I'm feeding them two cans a piece. A day. Oh, okay. A wait day. a minute. Three ounce cans or five and a half ounce cans? Five and a half ounce cans. So you're feeding 
These, well, these cats... I'm actually feeding a little bit oh. more than that, probably closer to two. Oh, yeah, yeah, but but Katie, they're Bengals. Yeah, remember but the twelve pounds he said. Yeah, but Bengals are, yeah. are nuts. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Like they're they're very active. I would, I would, I need to do some raw hamburger and some raw chicken. Or well, something. he is feeding them raw. Well, meat. they won't, they won't eat hamburgers. Okay. Yeah. And How about ground turkey? They're chicken. They're pretty picky about chicken i've tried uh they used to when they were younger they would eat the mm-hmm. uh gizzards and hearts yeah you could buy at the store yeah but the, the stores quit having those right i, I, I would suggest i would suggest uh checking out woody's pet food deli for a wider variety of raw proteins that are complete okay. it's a more complete okay. diet than just feeding meat okay ray thanks for the yeah. call we gotta go have Thank a good day. So Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye. What was Pepsi's original, originally called? Yum Yum, Black Gold Liquid Delight, or Brad's Drink? We'll be back. All right. Hey, we're winding down. A 20 years anniversary. Nobody popped out of a cake. <laughs> I brought treats in, though, for Dr. Jess and for Josh. But anyway... Okay, what was a pe- Pepsi Cola's originally called? Yum Yum, Black Gold, Liquid Delight, or Brad's Drake? What do you think there, Josh? Uh, yum Yum. Yum Yum, and what do you say? Totally Yum Yum. Totally Yum Yum. I guess it's right. Brad's Drink. Uh, when Caleb Brad ha- Bradham first created his own carbonated soft drink to serve Fulton customers at his drugstore, he called the concoction Brad's Drink. On August 28, <laughs> 1898, Bradham renamed his invention to Pepsi Cola. And this is why Brad is not in marketing. You- <laughs> Brad's drink, but but then how did he come up with Pepsi? Now they they should have finished this off and say, okay, what? How he came up with Pepsi Cola or Pepsi? Totally. See, I'm a Pepsi drinker. What are you? I don't drink soft drinks. Well, I know neither do I. But <laughs> when you, when you do drink, I don't. Okay, yeah. I don't. Someday, way back when, when you were itsy bitsy kid, I know, but I don't drink them enough to ever know the difference between them. So, like the whole root beer thing, I don't oh, know. Okay, can't remember Josh, last what's your beverage of choice over there? I have to go Coca Cola. Your Coca, slightly your Coca? over Pepsi. Yeah, no, I'm a Pepsi person. Pepsi person here. I raise my hand. Pepsi person. Okay, I want to make sure that we get the pancreas in without slamming it in at the last second. So, if folks, hold on the line. We'll get to you. So, pancreatitis in dogs. Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, what are some signs that that dog might have uh, pancreas problems? Vomiting. Vomiting. Okay. And they're vomiting up? Uh, it could be their food. could be anything. But uh, vomiting is one of the classic signs of pancreatitis. And then, so your pancreas... It's on the other side of your liver. Okay. Right? Your liver's right underneath your diaphragm. Diaphragm. Okay. Your gallbladder's tucked inside your liver. Okay. And then on the other side of the liver, you have your pancreas and your stomach kind oh. of all squished up against each other. Oh, nice. Squishy. So pancreatitis is inflammation of the pancreas. Okay. When the pancreas is inflamed, things that are inflamed, um, you know, think of a bee sting. That's inflammation. Okay. Things get hot, painful, swollen. And so when your pancreas is inflamed, other things in that area are also going to be irritated. Right. And it causes upper gastrointestinal pain. Okay. Pancreatitis is very painful. Yeah. My girlfriend, Sue, she has that a couple of times. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. bad. Not one, but a couple. Yeah. Okay. And so very classically, so when, when your vet does a physical exam and they're feeling Fluffy's abdomen, they will detect that there is pain in the 
upper part of the abdomen. Okay. okay. Sometimes you'll see uh, dogs assuming the, the praying position where it looks like they're doing a play bow or kind of a downward dog stretch. Okay. But they stay in that position. And the reason they're staying in that position is because they're trying to relieve their pain. Pressure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so then... Um, but And also, so during that time, if you think about like pancreatitis, it's painful, blah, blah, blah. So the dog is also going to be lethargic, not wanting to eat, uh, not wanting to play, okay. et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so then now he went to the vet. Okay, what's a vet normally going to tell me to do? What are we doing? Um, for uh, pancreatitis, ideally they, well, you know, I don't know what they might tell you to do. Okay. What I would tell you to do okay. is to uh, withhold food. Okay. Uh, and so basically you want the gastrointestinal system to kind of know. calm down. So uh, anytime you have a dog who is vomiting, and I get this question probably multiple times yeah. a week, stop feeding them. It's kind of like the dog vomits and the first thing people do is they start going through the kitchen cabinets. Like, well, what can I give him? Nothing. Uh-huh. Nothing. Do not put things in your dog's mouth if they're vomiting. Yes. You can leave water out so that they can drink if they want. Right. Uh, but I would not encourage them to drink water because they are vomiting. Things are coming back out yep. the wrong way. Yep. <laughs> and so a lot of times just withholding food, letting things settle down is enough to kind of quell a mild episode of pancreatitis. Oh, okay. And dogs are very good at not eating. So I know people get in a position where the dog hasn't eaten all day and now it's evening and you're like, oh my you're gosh, panicking. he still does not want to eat. Do you know that you yourself could go several days without eating and it would not harm you? No. Nope. And your dog can go even longer than you can because they're built to binge and starve. Yep. And they're great at starvation. Yeah. It does not harm them. Um, so if if it's more severe, they might have to go to the vet. They might have to get uh, fluids, you know, to rehydrate the intestines, to make them feel better if they go several days without being able to drink or even, you know, more than a day realistically, uh-huh. then giving them some fluids would be helpful. Um, but realistically, other than, you know, painkillers, conventional medicine, I think, does not have a whole lot to offer for okay. pancreatitis. Okay. Um, once the dog stops vomiting, so basically I like them to, for one thing, not vomit for at least 24 hours. Oh, okay. So it's not like you turn around and you say, well, he hasn't vomited for a couple hours. Yeah, Let's oh, feed him. Okay. Great. No, nope. yep. wait, what most people would wait, do. wait, wait, wait. Yep. And the other thing that I like people to wait for is wait until your dog is really hungry. And they're bugging you. Really hungry. Really bugging you. Yes. (laughs) And so the key is not to tempt them. You don't go to the dog and say, oh, I just got some rotisserie chicken. What do you think about? No. Don't ask them if they're hungry. Just leave them alone and wait until they tell you, I must eat now or I'm going to die. Fine. That's when you feed them. Yep. And And you start out slowly, right? You don't give them their total. And the first... So if you're feeding raw, you can go right back to feeding raw food. You don't have to start cooking the food in the interim. But I would feed half their normal amount, even for the first two or three days. Like until they're rock solid, back to 100%, their energy is back up, they're feeling good. Okay. Um, And then enzymes are probably the most important things to add back in. Um, Like probiotics or digestive? Animal essentials makes plant enzymes and probiotics. Yeah. Prozyme is a supplement that you can buy at a lot of pet food stores. Okay. Um, uh, the Herbsmith, what's that one? Microflora Plus also has enzymes yep. in it, so you can use that one. You can use an enzyme supplement that's made for humans. It yeah, really doesn't matter. Vitalplanet.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's tons of them out there. Um, so, <clears throat> so that's typically where I would start. And then 
you know, if if it's caused by food, then you change the food. In currently in veterinary medicine, a lot of times fat is blamed. And so these dogs end up getting put on a low fat diet. Uh However, in America, where we think that fat is evil, fat is not evil. Fat is a necessary nutrient. It's super important. Yes. And so the problem I find is actually caused mostly by processed fat or cooked fat. This is why dogs get into trouble from the bacon grease. Okay. But raw fat is not the same thing. And so I I would say, you know, don't try to feed your dog a uh, fat-free raw diet by trimming all the fat off the meat because they need fat. That's our brains run on fat. And real fat. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, and so, you know, that's basically kind of how it's managed. Okay. Depending on the severity, I might use a standard process supplement like canine enteric support and or pancreatrophin PMG, which is a great uh, pancreatic support supplement. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I think, you know, on the whole, pancreatitis can be quite severe. It can be life-threatening. Mm-hmm. Again, like, you know, humans I've known who've had pancreatitis, it's yeah. horribly painful. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. really do not feel good while it's going on. No kidding. And so sometimes when they suggest a specialty diet, that's... Right. And the purpose is usually to, you know, put them on these low low fat, gastrointestinal friendly diets. And I typically will just go, you know, go back to raw. And then you have to kind of, you know, sometimes you can do some detective work and kind of figure out what were they given? Mm-hmm. Was it a greenie? <sighs> Was it... You know, a bully stick or yeah. something like that, because yeah. those are common causes of gastrointestinal problems. Yeah, that's yeah, so right. No greenies, no bully sticks or whatever they want to call it. anything that's processed. You right. know, if you want to make your own cookies, you could take any cookie recipe and put like a quarter of the amount of sugar or even, uh, you know, mm-hmm. less. Um, uh, uh, not a core where you own, let's say it says a cup of sugar in the recipe, use like an eighth of a cup of sugar in the recipe, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, but the whole thing is, is that you can make, you know, your own trees, you can dehydrate your own meat and make your own beef sticks and such like mm-hmm. that. There's so many, cause there's, it's just like in the human world, we got to pay attention to all the crap they put in our foods, you know, and if you're feeling poorly, you know, start looking at what your feet, what you're putting down the throat. And that's the same thing with the dogs. When you start looking and when they start having problems what are we giving them? What mm-hmm. do you know? But the owners, they're so they're killing their dogs with kindness, getting them so fat, and then giving them this and giving them that. And so instead of like, and then all of a sudden, when uh, Fluffy is you know a, a huge pork chop or a, a kegger, now the dog is waddling and starting to have health problems. <laughs> then everybody's like, they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you might die. Well, you know what? If you would have went along. You know, whereas every week you felt your dog, you bumped up the food, you bumped down the food, you were paying mindful of what you went into your dog's mouth. I mean, I've always been heavy, <laughs> but I've always had damn good looking animals, you know, between dogs, cats, horses, <laughs> such like that, because I was very mindful on their weight. I couldn't control my dish, but I was in charge of their dish and what <laughs> went down. And I've been really fortunate with all the animals that I've had, dogs, cats, horses. My vet bills are very, very minimal because I've been really lucky. You know, even Gilligan's going into congestive heart failure. I've never had small dogs, you know, before. I've always had big dogs. Never had any trouble with that kind of stuff. You know, I kept them lean. Their teeth stayed clean. The whole kit and caboodle. So, yeah. So it, it, so that's what I mean is that guys, you got to, guys and gals, you know, I'm 20 years on the radio telling you don't kill your dog with kindness or your cat. 
it's not funny to see them. Oh, my cat weighs 22 pounds. That's not funny. <laughs> and so I've done my share. You remember Bubba was 38 pounds and I got him and uh, Albert was 22 or 32 pounds. And I got them both down to 17, 18 pounds, which they were big cats. But I mean, I, I, they, I still remember when, but the first day that Bubba ran, he got uh, spooked by something. And in the center of the driveway, you know, that, that dip in the center of the drive, he ran across that and a Pritner fell over, number one, laughing. And number two, because he wasn't very coordinated. And then number two, it's like he could actually run now because he wasn't so ungodly fat. So, so folks, you know, start backing off on the vittles. And then the vittles are getting expensive, just like our vittles are. You know, mm-hmm. that why overstuff your animals and then it's going to cost you more? No, feed what maintains them, not blows them up. Okay. Okay. So uh, we're going to come back and we're going to take your calls. So don't hang up. And we're winding down the hours. Okay. What was the first soft drink to be consumed in outer space? Pepsi? Coca-Cola, Dr. Pepper, or Sprite. We'll be back. Hello. Winding down our show today, 20 years of the KDK9 show. Uh, Dr. Jess, do you remember the very first producer that did my show? I know you weren't here, but I think through the years you, you know, we I didn't know you at the time, but I, I, I think through the years you might remember me talking about it. No. Okay. Josh, you have any idea who my... Very first producer was? Was it Donnie Love? Ding, 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 ding. Donnie Love was my very first producer. I called him Dingo Donnie. <laughs> yeah, he didn't like that too much. No, no, no. He like literally whizzed into that 20th birthday party and whizzed out. I didn't see him for nothing, you know, but anyone I wanted to say. But anyway, so yeah, Dingo Donnie or Donnie Love from Lori and Julia. Uh, yeah, was my very first producer. And I know he, I remember the day that he was said, Kate, this is my last week on weekends. I am now officially just weekday talents. Well, that was pretty good. Okay, who's up? Yeah, uh, we have Julie. Thank you for holding on the line yeah, for, no, okay. for a while. Uh, she's got a four-year-old lab with uh, some night blindness. All right. Hi, Julie. How you doing? Hello, Julie. She's uh, multi. Hi. Hi. She's multitasking. Why she's waiting and waiting and waiting. Sounds good. I am. All right. All I right. have a four-year-old. Good morning. Good. I have a four-year-old um, yellow. Excuse me. Uh, lab mm-hmm. male. Yep. Who is fifty-five pounds? He's not on Nutrisource because I couldn't get him to like it, but he's on a freeze-dried raw coated kibble from Chuck and John. Does Chuck and Don. Mm-hmm. And then he's also on a few springtime supplements, omegas. Garlic, oh, nice. Nice. joint health, and fresh factors. Mm-hmm. But my thing with him lately, about three months ago, I noticed that he was starting to bump into the walls at nighttime in yeah. our home where he knew where everything was uh-huh. if it's dark. And now he's starting to kind of, when it's dusk or dawn, like low light situations, he's starting to stumble on the stairs. So if you open the doorway for him to go outside, he kind of hesitates to go through unless the lights are on. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of noticing his vision is... And he's only four years old? He's only four years old, Oh, wow. Okay, Dr. Jess, do you have any ideas? He is going to the vet tomorrow morning for an eye exam. But since I heard your podcast, I thought I'd just call and see what you thought. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would get him into an ophthalmologist. Not a regular vet. (laughs) Well, because ophthalmologists have the specialty tools to be able to look at the retina and, um, you know, they... They're they're the experts in the field, right? Yep. And okay. so so that's where I would look at. You know, you're looking for at things like you know maybe um, 
SARS, I think, sudden acquired retinal, maybe it's SARD, sudden acquired retinal degeneration. Okay. Um, you know, you need to look for cataracts, which that that is something that your regular vet can do. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, evaluate pressures in the eye, all sorts of things. Um, I like the ophthalmologists have the expertise and the tools to be able to look at the optic nerve in the back of the eye to see if it's bulging, if there's the normal blood vessels in the back of the eye or, you know, something like that. But and then um, and then you need to kind of accommodate. And so time to put in some night lights or like a motion sensor light or something like that so that the stairs can be safe lit up pretty well yeah absolutely yeah and because now i've used dr olivero i love him he's in st louis park i have also used dr was it laraca laraca is in yeah, andover it, yes in andover i think blue pearl um, might have an ophthalmologist on staff if not um okay. aerc which is uh animal emergency and referral okay. center in oakdale they might have an ophthalmologist and i'm not sure if the university does okay yeah. Um, okay. I think Dr. Sillery just retired. So, yeah, we might be down to three veterinary ophthalmologists Jeez, in the Twin Cities. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but see, that, so that so that's up to yourself on what you want to do. If you want to grant you, they are hard to get into. You might have to wait a couple weeks. I, although I think, like, I think they have, um, like, they must be set up for emergency issues. Or I would say at least, you know, get on a wait list if you're able to be flexible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But like Overo is in um I like him because he's, he's in St. Louis Park. Yeah, so Park. And I like him because he really talks to you. He answers, you know, he you got your questions. He's you, you know, you Yeah, he's he's very chill. Right. And and and, and LaRocca, he's great at what he does, but he's very calm, very quiet. It's just if you have the right question, he'll answer you. But otherwise it's just kind of like, okay, here, 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 this wrong him and, and then uh, you know, so but anyway, but they're both awesome at what they do. Very good. Okay? Okay. Okay, good Wonderful. luck. Okay. Thank you. You bet. Bye-bye. Yeah, it sounds like something's going on at four years old, you know, in, the, in, in there. Yeah, so. but that's why you need to find out what it is. Yeah. You know, you need to know if it's something treatable so that you can get on top of it. And you said once, too, vets don't like eyes because they're, they're so complex. There's a lot to know about the eye. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. again, like you have to have yeah, the specialty the right tools and you yeah. have to know how to use them. Oh, so. exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, who's up next, sir? Yep. Real quick, we have Judy with a follow-up dog uh, omega slash vitamins question from last week. Okay. Hey, Judy, how you doing? Hi, Judy. Hi. There you go. Can you hear me? Yep, the gotcha. What's up? We're I running. talked to you last week okay. about my husband using the prong collar with our dog. Yep. And then I also asked you about shedding. So yep. I'm going to keep this real simple. And you said something to me about putting him on some kind of mega, mega something. No, just. And then you said bees. And I wasn't sure if you meant all the B vitamins or certain ones. No, no, no. You I want just, the omega. Omega threes and sixes. Omega three sixes. Threes and sixes. Omega three and omega six. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. And that's so that's what you want. Yeah, that's what you want to do is get him on the uh, the fish oils, uh, help his coat, you know, get uh, extra virgin coconut oil. Also, you can give him some of that, but you got to do that slow so he doesn't get the uh -huh. runs. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, okay. so you just want to add more to his diet so you won't have that constant shedding. And go ahead, Dr. Jess. So is this something you're having all this medicine talk today, and I love it, but is this something he would stay on or is it just a fall or no usually the rule of thumb is the minute that when the furnace goes on 
to when the furnace goes off, it's every day. And then uh-huh. during the summer months, I just do it a couple times a week. It depends on the dog and it depends on the coat. Okay, but with my okay. dogs and my coats, that's what I do. Furnace goes on, we're, we're on fish oil every day until the furnace goes off. Okay. Regular fish oil, not the omega. Well, no, that's what that's what fish. Right. Oil. If you if you <laughs> yeah, if you go into any pet food store and say I need an omega three and omega six supplement for my dog, they'll know what to get you. Okay. And that was the other thing. If I should get it from the uh, animal store, or if I should use vitamins. Oh, I mean, you know, people. Yeah, I would. I would probably get it from a pet food store because you actually you want to make sure that you're getting fish oil, whether it's krill oil or sardine oil or salmon oil. That doesn't matter so much, but you do not want flax oil or evening primrose oil or any one of the plant-based oils that humans can use because dogs cannot utilize those. They have to have fish oils. Yep. All right. Okay. You bet. You bet. Thank Great you for calling. Thank All you. Right. Thanks for calling in. Um, well, okay, like I said, it's uh, we got a lot of good questions. Got a lot of inform- oh, definitely. You know, good, good information. And Now, is there anything uh, with the pancreatitis? Was there anything else? I think you, you nailed it all as far as more fat instead of what most fat say is less fat. <laughs> right, but it's also but like, it be the good like fat. unprocessed yes, fats versus yeah. processed fats. Kind of so like if I had a, t- a T-bone steak with nice, thick, you know, raw nice stick fat on it i should i can cut cut that up and i can give it to the dog and that's that's good fat correct before you cook it okay before you cook you don't want to cook fat you want right because it's a totally different it right. changes right and you know and i still still see stuff i mean i read stuff about health that's written for humans and they still say something like you know make sure you buy the non-fat oh, yogurt. i know yeah i'm like oh my god you guys we've moved moved fat. past that we know that fat is an important that nutrient it's healthy and people that try to lose weight and they want to cut fat free fat free those right. people number one are starving and are not nice people <laughs> they don't feel good because they don't taste anything i mean because they you know Fat has the taste, but anyway, but they were so drilled that fat makes you fat. No, fat makes right. you feel or feel fuller, and then is so beneficial to all your cells and especially your brain cells. Yep, stuff like and that. your dog's brain runs on, runs on fat too. Yes, I know it. Well, I want to thank you all for uh, being here today. Uh, greatly appreciate all the great calls. That was great, Josh. You did it. Yeah, yeah and the, by the you, way, uh, Liz from our wonderful sales team here at MyTalk wants to wish you a happy 20th. Oh, well, thank you. Thank yes. you, Liz. I greatly appreciate it. Okay, guys, you take care. Uh, the ones that's held on, uh, please give me a call up at Katie's Canines. Give her my phone number or my website. Yep, okay? I got, I got her go down. To, go to MyTalk1071 oh, yep. and get the information and listen to the podcast on my show page.